Welcome to Affiliate Buzz, the longest-running program on affiliate marketing. James and Arlene Martell are here to inspire, inform, and motivate you with expert insight, interviews, and information that will increase your bottom line. Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Now, please welcome James and Arlene. Hi, it's James Martell here, and yes, welcome to edition number 432 of the Affiliate Buzz, where we've been keeping affiliates inspired, informed, and motivated to succeed with affiliate programs since way back in 2003. If you're joining us live here today on Cranberry.fm, it's great to have you with us. If you happen to be joining us through a podcast on your smartphone, tablet, computer, or Wi-Fi radio, a very special welcome to you as well. Arlene is away today. She's off to pick up the grandkids, so no Arlene, but not to worry because I have a very special guest joining us for a very interesting show, and uh, I'll call Desmond uh, soon, uh, our serial entrepreneur, and we're going to talk about what everybody ought to know about outsourcing and hiring a personal virtual assistant. And I'm going to talk with Des- uh, Desmond about what jobs we can outsource, uh, what to say when we're posting a job, what we need to look for when hiring a freelancer, what we should be budgeting for each of the uh, each of the jobs, what we need to cons- uh, take in consideration when we're awarding the job, what to do to keep the job on track and progressing uh, nicely, and then what to do uh, to wrap up the job. And then we'll finish off with uh, what we need to know about hiring a virtual assistant. I know that's a, a big topic for many. And uh, basically, this show came about today by accident. I was talking with Desmond uh, late morning, and he happened to mention, uh, ping me on on Facebook, said he had a couple questions about hiring a virtual assistant, and I figured here's a great opportunity to uh, have a little uh, discussion about doing exactly that and outsourcing in general. So, Desmond, thanks for doing that, and welcome to the Affiliate Buzz. Hey, hey, James. Thanks so much. Um, I'm actually really glad to hear that You know, um, I was able to replace Arlene. Because I think that's a role that no one can replace except Arlene. <laughs> yeah, she's been around a while. She seems to follow me everywhere I go. And uh, it's been for decades, literally. 35 and years now, I guess. So, yeah, it was big, big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. And, you know, you are very blessed, I must say, because I've seen you and Arlene work together. Uh, I'm very, very impressed with what you've accomplished and what you continue to give, uh, you know, to affiliate marketers, to people, to the community. Uh, both locally and you know digitally. So yeah, thanks, well, well, it's an honor. Yeah, well, and thank you for that. Uh, and then you and I had a chance to meet up uh, a couple weeks ago. Maybe I guess yeah, I guess a couple weeks ago now at the Microsoft Store. That's and right. I, yeah. I, I was doing a presentation on monetizing a podcast. Uh, Tyler Basu was uh, doing a, a talk on monetizing uh, a blog, and you were doing a talk on monetizing uh, video. That's correct. So we had all three trying, you know, all three pillars. We did, yeah. And that was a great. That was a great event, and what a beautiful store! And it was uh, it was good to hang out and uh, you know just to uh, to meet up. And it's so nice. Uh, I know many of us work in the virtual world, and we don't get to connect face to face a lot of times. And uh, I know I've been working a lot more locally and doing presentations locally because, quite frankly, I want to see some people's faces. That's right. And for those listening, by the way, just to let you guys know, James actually lives just down the street from me. So if you can relate to that being, you know, in the digital arena where you've got someone just literally a stone's throw away, maybe about a five minute drive away. And yet, you know, we communicate more online than we do, uh, you know, uh, in face to face. Make an effort to get out and meet these people face to face. I've always enjoyed being around James. He owes me a beer, I believe. I think uh, I do. <laughs> so I'm just going to call him out on it right now. On the show. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, hey, let's do this. Share your story with us a little bit. Take a minute or two and just kind of tee this up, uh, your story, and what, why this call is going to – what you want to accomplish on this call. Okay. Well, first of all, I just want to say thanks. Like, you know, literally, like you said at the start, it's a, what a coincidence that I was looking to find out more information about this, reached out to you. And it's a discussion and a topic that you would like to also cover and put on the podcast. Um, and so a bit about my story. I was born in Singapore uh, in the late 70s, immigrated to Canada and to Vancouver uh, by the age of 12. Spent 12 years here growing up, naturalizing, uh, you know, identifying myself as a Canadian, serving with some of the uniform groups. And then after that, found myself going out to Japan at the age of 23, 24. So 12 years Singapore, 12 years in Vancouver, and then I spent... I got locked into Japan for 12 years. Hmm. And um, before going to Japan, you know, I, I always had the entrepreneurial bug. 
uh, when I was a kid, I believe as young as maybe even like eight years old or something, I was collecting recycled newspapers to recycle and make money uh, or cans and stuff like that. And then in my early teens, like most of us, uh, I went down the wrong path. You know, I was entrepreneurial because these kids at school were smoking this green stuff and, you know, I was like tempted <laughs> to do it with them in BC. And <laughs> what happened was I was wondering why they were buying individually. And I thought, you know, the Costco model here, let's buy wholesale, sell retail. <laughs> oh, so <no. laughs> I'm not very proud of that, uh, you know, that first experience of being an entrepreneur. But I did learn very quickly um, you know, about having mentors and having business, uh, you know, proper business mentors, right? And, and following the right people, the right crowd. So in my late teens, I, you know, I was associated with a kind of a entrepreneur's club and a guild. And there were several people in that group, um, you know, some were very, very successful, uh, you know, in the network marketing side of things. Some were very brick and mortar business owners, architects, uh, civil engineers and stuff like that. I gravitated to the, the network marketers, the, you know, and uh, at that time was like the big Amway corporations and things like that. But what I got out of it was, you know, not just seeing like the private jets and, you know, the, the making money and stuff like that. I saw the personal development. So reading books, you know, uh, you know, audios, attending personal development events and stuff like that. So that started to shape who I was because I was going to university. Uh, I was grooming myself to be a pilot, even for the Air Force or, you know, privately and commercially. Uh, I paid for a lot of my own education, hundreds of thousands of dollars there. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, got this entrepreneurial bug again to want to do business. But I also went through a devastating time at that time, lost a, a very steady girlfriend. And, that, you know, you're, you're 20 years old, 23 years old. You, you know, you just you want to travel the world. So that's what got me to go to Japan. And then while I was in Japan, I partied, you know, did everything that a young person, a young single male would do. Um, and uh, then I started to work and got into the corporate world. And I had my first venture. Made my first, uh, my first venture was half a million dollars, raised half a million dollars of uh, investors' money uh, on my own at the age of 28. Wow. And then after that, uh, got in, that business went bankrupt. Partners ran out on me, left me with a hot potato, had to recover and remake money to pay off those investors. Got married. My wife is, uh, her family is uh, fairly new money. Um, and so I told my in-laws at the time, you know, when I, was, when I was proposing and stuff, I'm not marrying you guys for the money. I'm not marrying your daughter for the money. I can make my own money. I've always been very self-sufficient that way. Uh, father-in-law, typical father-in-law, was very, very cynical towards me. Uh, but, you know, I, they learned to love me. So that's kind of the long and the short, you know, uh, some of the trials and tribulations of who I have been. But just let me wrap up that story was when I was in Japan, uh, my wife and me also did another venture, which was in the food business, the restaurant business. Um, and that, too, was another half a million dollars. Some of that money coming from investors who I previously lost money from. But, um, you know, they trusted me and they reinvested in me again. And uh, that business also suffered and, and did, you know, almost went bankrupt. That's why my wife and me live separately. She's still out there recovering a lot of that business while I came back to Vancouver uh, just two and a half years ago with my two kids as a single parent. Uh, and I was into affiliate marketing, right? Uh, online marketing, digital marketing, uh, stuff like that. And that's when I met James Martel. Um, and I was really, really keen to learn about podcasting from James. Um, so that's my story um, cool. in, a, in a nutshell. You know, does that answer your question? It does. It does. So now what has led you to the questions about outsourcing and what are you hoping to accomplish? Fantastic. I mean, so – like all entrepreneurs, right, especially, you know, I, I came from why I told you guys that story is because I came from the corporate world and also big business world um, and brick and mortar business world. And then, you know, I've also had a bit of dabbling with the home-based business, the network marketing or MLM type, you know, in industry, direct sales or affiliate marketing. And on, they're two very different animals. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I truly am grateful for what I've learned in the digital marketing arena being able to work from home, the laptop lifestyle, you hear about that all the time. Uh, very few people actually succeed at it. A lot of people brag about it, but very few actually make enough income to be able to work from home. I'm fortunate enough to be one of them, but here's the problem. It's no longer like when I was in Goldman Sachs or it's no longer when I was running my own restaurant where I have employees and staff and people around. That is one of the blessings, but it also can be a hindrance because I have to do everything myself. And so recently, because of the way my direction, my business has been going, a lot of people have been coming to me for video marketing consulting. And I'm good at doing my own stuff. I'm good at getting it all out there, my own content. But it got to the point where I'm actually taking on contracts now where I need to outsource some of the work. And I've actually got a confession. I've never actually hired anyone virtually. 
Uh, I've seen mentors. I've seen people that I look up to, people that I model after. They all have virtual assistants. They all have people doing stuff so that they can cleverly or more efficiently spend their time on things that they're good at. So I've been guilty of not actually, I've been procrastinating. And I'll be honest with you, James, that's some of my questions is like um, the fear factor. The unknown, right? And yep, so I'm gonna, yep. I'm just gonna confess to everyone online who's listening to this as well. You know, even with all my successes or things I've done, I was still procrastinating on looking for help and asking for help, uh, simply because maybe I've got some stereotypes in my mind. And I hope you can address some of those things and answer my questions. Sure, sure, happily. And uh, I know that's quite a common, common uh, thing that people deal with is is the fear factor of making a mistake, losing money, wasting your time, not getting back to work you, you're wanting. So I'd like to cover off all that in a bunch more. Uh, you know, I'd also like to talk about you know, kind of to, to tee this up a little bit because mm-hmm. this is this is the way Arlene and I have been working for literally over a decade now, outsourcing. And we've outsourced somewhere around 1,500 projects through Elance Upwork. And it, it is our business. What I do for, if somebody asks me what I do for a living, I'm pretty much a professional outsourcer because I hardly do anything I outs- other than outsource to uh, to low-cost professionals, uh, literally, that are located all over the world. And it's, I will tell you, it's so wonderful to wake up in the morning and see that the article that you ordered two days ago is ready and it's beautiful and the podcast that you wanted to be published to your website and promoted with the show notes to all the podcasting directories is done and I didn't have to do it and all of the little bits and pieces of the business that we can get buried under uh, can be handled by other people for very nominal fee to the point where when I typically show somebody the pricing, they realize I'd be crazy to do all this stuff myself when I can outsource it uh, for this uh, these kind of costs. So that's another thing that I'd like to talk about is how much this uh, – this actually costs because uh, for various jobs and stuff, just to give you an idea and to give uh, uh, listeners uh, a good idea as well. Because I, I believe, honestly, everybody that's working online should be doing almost none of the work themselves and outsourcing everything or at least just about everything. So do you have a list of questions you want to go through? or I, you wanna- I do, I do. In fact, uh, you know, I was thinking about this uh, from this morning after we had our first phone call. So the first question I have for you, James, is, I mean, like me, okay, in your opinion, why, why are so many people resistant to even outsourcing? I know you covered a bit of it, the fear factor, but anything else specific? Like why? Because you know, I can tell you why I was resistant. Okay, okay. why don't we start there? Why, why are you resistant? And then I'll go through uh, why I, what I've seen. I think you kind of covered a lot of it. In my mind, I think the stereotype is just that I don't even know where to start. I don't know what, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not dumb either. I'm not, uh, I, I've heard of things like Upwork. I've heard of Basecamp. I've heard of Fiverr. But I just, I, I'm, is the fear of never doing it. I've never done it before. So I don't even know what's the correct way. Okay. The second is, uh, like you said, the fear of losing money. And, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, probably one of our biggest weaknesses is that we want to do everything ourselves. We don't yep. trust anyone else to do our work for us. So because I don't know the process, I don't know what to expect, what, what can be done, what is even possible. Yep. I don't even want to try, you know, I just, okay, it's just, ah, you know, what the hell, I'll just work, you know, till two o'clock in the morning doing everything myself. Right, yeah. I'll stay late, and, and that way I know everything's perfect. Um, and I don't know how much it costs, so you know uh, I don't know. In my mind, up till now, I think, and I, I'm sure a lot of people agree, but I always feel like you know you're outsourcing to some sort of a say third world country. Um, is there going to be language problems? You know, are they going to try to cheat me? And I'm, so I'm covering a lot of different things there, but these hmm. are some of the fears I've had. Okay. Uh, Okay, yeah. sure, sure enough, and you know, I've seen, I've seen, you know, all of those, uh, the, the, these, the, the, those that suffer from the, the other one too, is that I need to learn how to do this first before I outsource it. That's a big one. That's a big misnomer because you can't learn how to do everything uh, first and then outsource it because there's just so many things to do. Then there's those that have a real hard time letting go. And just letting someone else take care of it for them. They're, they're almost a control freak, I would have to say. Yep. There's the, those that, uh, I would say are like my little granddaughter, Brooke, who's, uh, six and adorable as can be. And I went to help her tie her shoes and she literally took a step back and said, I can do it myself. And I'm thinking there's some lessons there. And, uh, sure you can, but it's nice to accept some help once in a while. And, you know, it's faster if I just do it myself. That's another big one. You mentioned that. Yes. And then, of course, uh, 
there are those who want to outsource that just really don't know how to get started or how to take the leap. So, though, yeah, so that's those are good. Those those are really the re- the reasons why I have found that uh, that people are resistant. So let's let's do this. I can see we're coming up against the break. Yep. Now I'm here with Desmond Soon, serial entrepreneur, and when we return, we're going to talk about uh, the jobs you can outsource, uh, what to say when posting a job, and uh, what you need to look at when hiring an entrepreneur. We'll do all that and more right after the break. More affiliate buzz coming up after we hear from our sponsors. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Content for your ears and everything in between. Cranberry.fm. Time now to hear some more affiliate buzz. Here's James and Arlene. Arlene is away today. However, I'm here with Desmond Soon, serial entrepreneur, and we're talking about what everybody ought to know about outsourcing and hiring a virtual assistant. So, Desmond, why don't you take the lead here? You ask the questions and uh, and uh, I'll see if I can answer them. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I feel kind of selfish because I, I really have a lot of questions, and I'm because I'm just getting started at this. And I think that if I if you can address at least even half of these questions, it'll give me something to do immediately today to get started. Awesome. Awesome. Um, the first question I've got is how much. You know, what sort of ballpark figures are we looking at here? Uh, what what do the going rates and and which platforms to use? I think those are two different questions. Maybe maybe which platforms? Where can I even find people? Like, is there a place where people advertise their services and where I can advertise I'm looking for someone? You bet. You bet. That's a great question. And I'll tell you how I originally found it. There's a, there's a website for was out there called Elance. And I was doing a presentation down in Santa Barbara, California in 2004. And I was pretty much in the same position you are. A little bit further down because we were hiring people locally, but we hadn't hired anybody online yet. And I'm doing a presentation to uh, to a room of about 250 people, and talking about how we're creating content and how we're hiring local, uh, pretty much moms who are looking for extra work to handle a lot of the writing and various things we needed online. And at the end of the presentation, one of my students of uh, one of my books came up to me and says, "I just use Elance." And I'm like, okay, what's Elance? And he explained it to me. And to make a, a real long story short, I went home, signed up uh, a free account uh, with Elance, posted a job, something that I needed to get done. I don't really remember what it was. And within minutes, I had people starting to come in from all over the world bidding on my project, on what I needed to get done. And I'm like, this is very cool. And if you take that forward to today, I've outsourced somewhere approaching 1,500 projects now. And 
Elance has uh, been picked up by a company called Upwork, and the, and the service is now called Upwork. And that's Upwork.com, and I highly recommend it. There's some 10 million service providers in there. So if you have a job that you need done, such as writing or video editing, audio editing, you need some post-production work, you need some uh, maybe editing of something you've written, or you need a ghostwriter, you need some accounting, some legal work. When you post your project in there, there will be literally tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people there waiting to come in and bid to, uh, to take care of the work for you. So as far as the platform, definitely Upwork. They're the granddaddy of them all. Uh, they got an absolute incredible talent pool and they give you a whole management interface to work with the, with the freelancers that yeah. makes it real simple. But James, I've, I've got another question then because I've heard of things like Basecamp, Upwork, Fiverr, right? What's the difference between these three? Uh, are they all the same or do they do separate things? Okay, so Fiverr would be very similar to, to Upwork. A lot smaller and kind of a different model where they started off with everything was five bucks. If you need to get a little bit of editing done, five bucks. You need to get an article written, five bucks. It's kind of like the Pizza Hut ad. Uh, ad. Five bucks, five bucks, five bucks. Everything was five bucks. Now they could come in and over the years, it's, it, it's morphed, and now they can bid on, on more projects. And they were using it basically as a lead generation tool for service providers. And I've, I've run some projects through there. My preference is still Upwork just because it's so much bigger, and I don't need two. Uh, to manage, so so those are essentially the same. Basecamp's a totally different animal. Basecamp, you can't hire anybody through Basecamp. Basecamp is an online project management system that you can use to manage your team. And I'm always a big proponent for anybody who's working online is to develop yourself a team of people who are available to you on demand. You find them and develop an agreement with them through Upwork but then you use Basecamp to actually manage the project and the work. And with the Upwork and Basecamp combo, you have an absolutely incredibly powerful system for finding and managing people in remote locations. It's, it's amazing. Wow. Okay. So I did not know that. And is it, is it free to have an Upwork, I guess, account and a Basecamp account or is it a paid service? It has been free up until just recently as far as Upwork goes. And I do believe now we have to pay... 20 bucks a month or something for access to the service as buyers, okay. which, believe me, you will, you will save that 100 times over. And then with Basecamp, you can set up one Basecamp for free to go in and give it a try. And then uh, if you want to add additional Basecamps, I think, it, if I recall correctly, it starts at 19.95 a month. And again, it too is so well worth it. Okay, yeah, I mean, those are very small numbers. Uh, anyone who can afford that should not be in business. Uh, sure. So the next thing that I've got, the question would be, how to not get cheated, right? How do you know, you know, who are the good ones uh, to, to, to pick from? You know, are there reviews or, uh, or is it just a trial and error? Just try different people and learn by mistake. Yeah, sure. So when you're, when you're, when, let's go through the process here. So when you go to Upwork and you set up an account, uh, you fill out the details like you would do in any uh, dashboard area of a back end of a website. So you, you fill in your company information, your name, a uh, little description for your company, and you're, you're technically the buyer, and you're looking to, to hire freelancers within the system. Once that's done, uh, we could talk about posting a job in a moment, but when, when, when it's time to come to, to actually hiring them, what I, what I like to let people know, because a lot of people are a little bit skeptical of it, that generally speaking, out of the, the projects, all the projects that we've put through these systems, Elance or Upwork, uh, we've only been messed around with a couple times. And we didn't lose any money because all the money gets paid into escrow. And you don't release the escrow as, as the buyer on our side until you're happy with the completed work. But essentially, I've found that hiring these uh, talented people through the Upwork system are very good people. They are typically extremely hard workers. Uh, they're very proficient in their areas of expertise. They're trustworthy. Uh, they're, they're really, really good people. And, and in many ways, a lot of us have a dream to work at home and to you know, make more money. I always look at the freelancers in that same boat. They're looking to work at home. They're looking to, to carve out a living online, and they are service providers to us who are, who are taking care of us. So there's some tools in the Upwork system that allow us to kind of check them out. So once they've come in and bid on the project, you'll see that there will be 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 people sometimes who come in and bid on your project. And 
uh, I go through their feedback to see what other buyers have said about their work. I can look at their ratings. I can see how many hours they've worked within the Upwork system. I can check out their portfolio to see uh, the type of work that they're doing. So if they're a graphic designer, I can see the type of graphics they're creating, see if, uh, hey, I like that, looks great. I can see these guys are good. Or if they're a writer, I can read sample articles. So there's a lot of tools in there that allow you to really dig in and get to know who they are before you actually hire them. So there's really, there's no, there's no risk on our end when it comes to, when it comes to hiring these, uh, these freelancers. That is awesome, actually. That answers my question. Um, I, I want to dive down just a little bit uh, off on a tangent, but in relation to hiring these people, from an accounting standpoint, uh, if, you, if I'm someone who's never hired anyone or my business is a small business, uh, sole proprietorship or something, for example, um, how does that work? I mean, how, you know, do you, do you, should you just talk to your accountant and say, hey, look, I'm paying these people. How do I register that as an, you know, a, a salary I'm paying to someone? Sure, sure. Good question. And this is actually, when I got back from that conference down in Santa Barbara in 2004, I had an office locally where I had three people working for me, two writers and one researcher, uh, full time. And I started working in the ELAN system at the time and in tandem with what we were doing in the office. And it took about two months that I'm looking at this thing thinking, I got to do all this online. This is so much easier uh, because... These freelancers are located literally all over the world. They may be in the Philippines, India, Pakistan, they're in the U.S., they're in Canada, they're in the U.K., they're, they're everywhere. And because of that, we don't have to remit taxes for them here. They're, they're legitimate freelance contractors in their own country. So we don't have to, we don't have to do the, in our case in Canada, the, 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 the payroll remittance tax, the workers' compensation. I didn't need an office for them anymore. So right off the bat... Plus, the, the cost was so much less. I was saving between 65 and 70% of what I was spending locally, and I didn't have to do any of that paperwork you're referring to. There just isn't any because they're not here. That is so, awesome. <laughs> was, that, was that you on your side or was that me? <laughs> I don't know, but it was a good little addition. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I started to dance there. Okay, well, that, that answers, you see, like this, these are the business-type questions that I want to get covered, right? Um, and, and that addresses that really well for me. Now, the next question I've got for you, James, is, um, you know, what, I guess you kind of touched on it. I guess I just have to go look in Upwork, but what kind of jobs can I, you know, can I outsource? What would, you know, what are typical things that people get outsourced that you see in the digital, like for people working in the digital arena? For me, like I said, I'm doing videos, right? I'm doing, I'm looking uh, for people to help out with a lot of the tedious work and the, the back-end work, the keyword research, the making of you know, uh, thumbnails and things like that for dressing up YouTube sure. videos. Sure, sure. So all of that and more is available in Upwork. There's literally I, – I have never not been able to find somebody to do something, even the most obscure things. And even the most little pro- – I've got a rule at the office that I've taught all my team. It's called the 15-minute rule, and which is this. If, if you can't do what you're supposed to be doing in 15 minutes or less because you've run into a problem or a technical challenge – Take the next 15 minutes and post a project on Upwork and outsource it to somebody who doesn't know how to fix it. And so, so on the topic of what can we outsource, you can, you can outsource the smallest little problem that you have to massive projects that could be tens of or hundreds of thousands of dollars and everything in between. And anything you can think of, like I said earlier, it could be anything to do with all the types of writing that's available, all the types of audio, video, uh, productivity, uh, legal, accounting, uh, you know, a virtual assistant to help you with all the little te- uh, tedious little tasks that we got to do. And just whatever you can possibly think of, I'll bet you you'll find them in Elance or sorry, in Upwork, no problem. Awesome. Awesome. Um, okay, so then can you, do you mind sharing, I mean, with the amount of, you know, the amount of outsourcing you do, how much money, like, can you give me a number, like, how much budget should I have aside for this? Um, I'm, I'm just, like I said, I still can't get my head around how much I'm expecting to be spending here in okay. salaries and, and fees, so. Sure, sure, so there's two, way, two ways to pay in the uh, Upwork system. You can pay for a job. So if you need something done or whatever you need done, they call it a job, which makes sense. You go in and you post the job. And then you've got the opportunity after you describe what it is, which we should talk about how to actually fill out that job application or sorry, the job description. Uh, Once you've done that, then you've got a choice to make. Are you going to pay them by the hour or are you going to pay them by a flat rate? 
My preference is to pay them a flat rate. I've tried the hourly many, many times, and I don't like it. I want to know up front what it's going to cost me for the entire project. And if it's if it's a large project, I can break it into milestones. So let's say there's, it's going to be five different phases to the project. I'll pay for the first phase when it's done, the second phase when it's done, the third phase when it's done, and so on. Um, and then as far as how much do we pay – let me give you some examples, uh, and, and any of these numbers that I throw out, if you were to hire somebody locally, you'd probably times it by at least three or four. So let me just take you, I've got some open on the screen. If, so for a professional intro and outro for a podcast? Yes, please. Yeah. With a voice talent, uh, with sound effects, so a professional voice talent with a great voice, uh, who will also produce it for you, and add music and sound effects for the intro and the outro, you're looking at somewhere between 35 and 50 bucks. Wow, that's cheap. Yeah, so to get your show artwork created, so if you need some beautiful show artwork for, say, a podcast or your blog, uh, I usually pay 10 bucks, 15 bucks, maybe 25 if I splurge a little bit. Yep. Uh, if somebody wants to take a look at show notes for a podcast, and I just happen to have a podcast open on the screen, but this would be the same for an article. I, when, I, when I record a podcast, I have a professional writer, who's worked for me for probably three years now. Uh, she goes in at the end, and if anybody wants to take a look at the quality that you get, you can just head over to podcastingmastery.com and have a look at uh, the show notes for any one of the uh, episodes there. But what she does is she, I give her the audio. She listens to it in its entirety. She takes all kinds of notes from it, what was covered, all the little details, and then she writes it from scratch, gives it a great headline, subheadlines, bullet points, really nails a beautiful piece, $19. Oh, wow. I know. Uh, to get a podcast episode uh, edited, you know, maybe a 30-minute uh, podcast, we're talking uh, about 15 to 20 bucks. Oh, to get- James, sorry to interrupt. We're talking U.S. dollars here or Canadian dollars? I'm talking U.S. dollars, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think that's a universal, right? We just use U.S. dollars. Yeah, pr- pretty much. Uh, to have a feature article written which would be usually between 1,000 and 1,200 words, uh, where I provide some of the research, but generally speaking, I'm looking for somebody with experience on the particular topic who can also provide their input and do some research on their own. For what I call a feature article, somewhere between 1,000 and 1,200 words, uh, I usually pay about 40 bucks for a really good article. Wow. Uh, throw some other things in. I could probably give you some numbers. Um, geez, off the top of my head, I... You know, if someone's putting out uh, an ebook, like you're putting out an ebook right now, I think uh, recently, right? Also yep. on this outsourcing topic, um, yep. that's that's due to be published. You know, the whole ebook. I mean, what what's the total package for something like that as well? <laughs> All right, so that's a good question. So I, you're right. I'm just about to launch a, a book in Amazon called uh, Outsourcing Essentials for Podcasters: uh, The Secrets to Hiring Talent on a Beach Hut Budget. And it's yeah, I, I, the title could have been for bloggers for anybody, so it's it's a universal book. But I'm happening happen to be targeting podcasters at this point. So let me just think about this. So to have so what so here's how we did that book. I actually recorded a podcast similar to what we're doing here on podcasting mastery on the topic of outsourcing. Then I passed it off to a writer who says, I want you to listen to the podcast, and I want you to help me turn this into an ebook. And I already have all the subheadlines and the headline for the book and all the details created for him. But I want you to listen to the words, and I want you to put it into uh, first person, and I want you to you know, develop a really well-written book with these, with, these, with these chapters. And I think I paid 50 bucks for that. Holy smokes. Then I needed a cover created, and I paid like $20 for the cover. And then I needed to get the interior of the book design because I didn't want to just use a Microsoft Word document converted to a PDF. I wanted it to be an actual book mm-hmm. because they can order a paperback version from Amazon. So, and I think I paid to have the whole interior design was like 50 bucks. So we're talking for 100 and 150 bucks. I have a beautiful book that uh, I can use for years as a promotional piece and a credibility piece. And uh, I did it all through Upwork. That is awesome. Wow. That, I'm, I'm actually really impressed with the numbers I'm hearing here right now. Um, you know, for, for the kind of work we do, that is actually peanuts. Uh, you know, what, under $150, $200, you know, to get an actual piece of work done, which probably, in my mind, would be a lot of time and effort on my side. Um, even if I was to do it all myself and I, didn't, I could cut the cost down, but it's still time. 
and my time is worth a lot. So at least I think at least that's what I think about myself. You bet. Sure. You bet. Every other entrepreneur, well, right? you have to value your time. You bet. You bet. And and the thing is, these are what we're paying for. Our, in our case, we're, I'm creating. I happen to be creating these for myself, but I, I like you. I also create these for clients, and I mark them up like five times. So it is very lucrative, and it's very worthwhile to them because number one, they have no idea how to do it and pull all this together. Number two, if they did, they'd hire somebody locally who would charge at least three or four times, five times what I'm charging them. And so it's real win-win for the two of us. And here, one more quick story, and then we'll go to a break. Uh, I actually know an accountant here locally in Vancouver who charges $150 an hour for his accounting service. He's a high-end accountant, um, very successful guy, and he doesn't do any accounting. What he does is he gets all of the work together, and he outsources it to a team of accountants in India. He pays them $3 an hour, which they're very happy with. And he builds them out at 150. Wow! Because he knows how to do it, and so those are some of the opportunities that are available uh, if you can learn how to outsource. And it's it's. I mean, I, like I said, my whole business is, has always been uh, since I discovered Elance way back, I guess, 12 years ago. Is is outsourcing? So, but uh, I can see we're up against the break now. I'm here with Desmond Soon, serial entrepreneur. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about. Uh, what you need to know to uh, become a successful outsourcer, and then I want to delve into uh, what you need to know about hiring a virtual assistant. We'll do that and more right after the break. More affiliate buzz coming up after we hear from our sponsors. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Time now to hear some more affiliate buzz. Here's James and Arlene. Arlene is away today, however, not to worry. I've got Desmond Soon on the line, and we're talking about what everybody ought to know about outsourcing, and we're going to talk about uh, hiring a personal virtual assistant in just a few moments here. So uh, is this all making sense to you, Desmond? How does this sound to you? This is perfect. This is very, very helpful. Um, you know, I know it's not everything, and a lot of it has to be learned as you just kind of do it. But at least this is getting me pointed in the right direction. I certainly hope anyone else listening to this is also finding it helpful. Great, great stuff. My question, I, I've got another question for you, you know, when we were on the break, I was thinking about it, is now, now that I understand how it works, right? At least mm-hmm. the, the general dynamics. How can I go about posting my first job? Like, what, what do I do? Okay, so good question. So, so technically, it's pretty easy. Uh, you know, you basically set up a free account at Elance. I'm, I'm sure you can get started for free. I, I haven't looked. It's been a while since I've signed up, uh, to put it mildly. But I'm sure. And if not, you have to pay. You have to pay a little bit. That's okay too. But once once you once you've signed up, you simply log into the Elance system, and up in the top right hand corner, there's a big button that says "Post a Job." So you literally click on post a job and now this is where we have to be good and because it's the old saying garbage in garbage out if we don't know what we want 
from the freelancer, they're going to send us something that we didn't want because, and it's not their fault because we weren't clear in our in our description up front. So we want to be crystal clear on exactly what we want. So I usually don't write my projects what I call my project descriptions or my job descriptions in Upwork. I will do that separately. I usually do it in Basecamp, quite frankly, which is the other tool that you mentioned. So I can really think through what I want to create. So, for example, let's say I wanted to uh, post a job to get some graphic design work. Maybe I need some artwork for my podcast. I need a thumbnail, and I need some social media cover art. So what I would do is I would, I would simply log in. I'd hit post a job. In the drop-down, I'd select the category maybe design and creative, and then I would select the subcategory graphic design. Then a little box will be available for the, the title for it, so I would say graphic designer because I believe in calling out who I'm wanting to hire, colon, uh, podcast artwork, comma, thumbnails, and social media cover art. So that would be kind of the headline. And then I explain in detail what I want. So I, I'm usually, hi, it's James Martell here. Thanks for bidding on my project. I'm looking to have nine or ten graphics created that include the show artwork for a podcast, a couple of thumbnail images, and uh, images for Facebook, Twitter, uh, and LinkedIn, uh, the cover art images. I would like the look and feel of the images to match my website. Here's a link to my site. Uh, I would like to keep the images uh, simple. Uh, I want them to be, uh, you know, great looking, very professionally done. I'd like you to create a look for and feel for one of the graphics. Once we sign off on that look, then you can feel free to uh, create the rest of them. So I want them to give me a sample back before they send me the whole batch so I can have a look at it. Then I'll say, you know, once we're done, uh, I want the raw data files for the uh, the images so in case in the future I want to get some images uh, you know maybe modified I've got the raw PSD files that I can use I look forward to seeing your bid thank you and then what I'll usually do is I'll keep maybe a little PS at the bottom and if I need to give them more detail PS here's the image sizes here's the wor the words that are going on the images and here's any other details they need maybe I'm going to put my my uh, headshot on the images, I'll provide that to them and whatever else that they need to actually complete the project. So, But the moral of the story is you need to be crystal clear on what you're looking for the end result to be when they're done and then articulate to that to them in the job description. Then you can go down, set a budget, and here's a little trick that I've learned. They want us to actually put a price in there, what our budget is. I don't like to do that. So what I'll say, and this works great, because let's say let's say my budget's actually sixty bucks for the job, or let's say sixty bucks. So I won't say that. I'll say I'm not sure what this the, a fair price for this project is. So I just set the project at at forty dollars. You can ignore that and just bid what you feel is fair. Period. And I put that at the bottom of the project or the job description. Then I post it and away it goes. Then people come in and start bidding on it. And now I'm now they don't know what my budget is. I don't want some of their business in my mind what my budget is. They they need to come in and bid what they want to pay to do the work, and that's my kind of little workaround. That is priceless information, James. Um, you see, like that entire process that that's a massive nugget of gold. I would have struggled with that, you know, just going into base uh, into uh, Upwork and then you know doing it for the very first time. I would have now I've got a template in my mind at least of how I should structure it, what's important information, and even the budget. That's, that's really key there. Otherwise, I might have been, you know, uh, experimented with that for a bit and probably lose some money. So that's good to know. You bet. You um, bet. Now, the next thing I want to cover is, okay, so that's posting a job, right? But what if, you know, it, it kind of goes off on a different tangent now. I'm just looking for a general virtual assistant. Who hmm. needs to have, I mean, first of all, who needs to have a, gen, uh, a virtual assistant and what can we expect from a virtual assistant? Um, you know, and, and are they costly, um, you know, on average, you know, uh, you know, is it necessary? At what point does an entrepreneur need to start considering having a virtual assistant? I, I, I personally think right out of the bat, I think as entrepreneurs, we have a tendency, as you said in the beginning, why are we resistant? It's not even so much that we're resistant. Some of us are just so caught in the way we do things that we feel that we have to do it all ourselves and we don't really have the team. So what I, what I 
like to tell people is the mindset should be right off right up front that I'm going to have other people take care of as much stuff as I possibly can. You heard the pricing. Why would we do this ourselves if we can get it done for that kind of cost? Uh, and so I, 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 I work with people to actually break the habit of doing it themselves. So instead of doing the work yourself, sit down and spend the time creating a description of the work you need done that you can use over and over and over again if you have repetitive work, if you're going to be hiring more people. So basically stop the inertia uh, uh, in the direction of doing things yourself and and start outsourcing. I would suggest pretty much everything, to be quite frank. And then now hiring a VA, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a very interesting question, and it's something really worth thinking about. I personally would suggest everybody hires a virtual assistant right off the bat. First of all, you, you can you pay them by the hour in this particular case. The rest of them, you pay them. I, I like to pay them by the project. But a virtual assistant, I pay them by the hour. And I pay them between 5 and $7 per hour. And these are people that if you were to hire them here locally in Canada, we'd, we'd spend 30, 40 bucks an hour on them easily. These are highly skilled people. These are not people that know nothing. And when it comes to hiring VAs, here, here, here's where I see people go wrong. I, I heard actually a conversation at uh, an event, and there, there was two people talking about outsourcing. And one of them was asking the question about the other, and he was excited that, hey, I, I just hired a bunch of VAs. That's what he said. And I'm thinking, hmm, that's an interesting way to say it. So I listened in, like a little fly on the wall. Uh, and he was explaining to, to the, uh, his friend there that he's got a VA for his graphic design, he's got a VA for his articles, he's got a VA for whatever else he was doing. And I'm thinking, you know what, that's not exactly the way I do it. To me, the virtual assistant should be managing your writer, should be managing your graphic designer, should be managing your video editor, should be managing your producer. They work for you. They are your personal assistant. They're your your girl Friday. They're the one that's in your you know. They, they're your best. They're your, they're your best teammate. And you teach them how to work with your writer and your graphic designer and your audio editor and your producer and whoever else you need. And in many cases, my virtual assistant manages me in a lot of ways where they say james you got to be here i'm notorious for forgetting things they remind me that i got a meeting at two o'clock okay great perfect i won't forget and if i need anything prepared they'll prepare it for me so they should be managing your schedule as well depending on what you're doing i happen to be a podcaster where we're interviewing guests i'm going to coordinate schedules like that uh so i have them reach out to our potential guests and invite them and when they say yes we coordinate that or they coordinate that uh, the VA will coordinate uh, all the work that's to be done. So the virtual assistant is exactly that. They're your assistant. They may not necessarily be a writer, an editor, uh, a videographer. They may not be that, but they can know. They may be. They may one or two of those pieces. So you maybe get a VA that's great at you know uh, editing or a great writer as well. But they're not going to have all the discipline. So you want your virtual assistant to be somebody who's going to be taking care of your virtual team. Wow. Okay. That's a really, really interesting way of looking at it. And, uh, you know, when I did have one of my other businesses, my brick and mortar businesses, I did have a secretary, uh, and she did literally what you're, you're talking about here as a VA. Um, I guess maybe for me, you know, I guess I'm still stuck in that, that stereotype of thinking, you know, yeah, unless I get an actual physical, you know, like secretary or, or uh, you know, to actually personal assistant, I guess it's the same thing, the personal assistant in a physical form versus a virtual assistant. Um, and I, the last thing was, I think you mentioned this when we were chatting this morning, was the difference, you know, like there's certain things that you don't want to get people who are out in, say, Pakistan, India, uh, Thailand, and stuff like that, or uh, Philippines. There's certain categories of work that you recommend get the virtu- uh, get the find the outsourced work in North America. Can you just refresh my memory? What were those things? Sure, sure. And thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, so when it comes to hiring people in other countries, if it has to do with writing, I don't hire them ever anymore. I've tried it a few times. It's never worked out well. So, for example, if I I hire somebody from India who's a pretty good writer, uh, there's too much editing that has to be done on my end afterwards because they don't understand the nuances of our language. They may have it down pretty good, but words won't fit and phrases will be not quite right. And you're reading it. It's not really flowing well. And it's like, and I end up getting somebody else to do it anyway. So when it comes to writing, hire the person who has the native 
language that you want it written in. So if it's English, hire somebody who's a native English speaker. If it's Pakistani, hire somebody who ha- who has that language as their as their personal language. As far as graphic design and technical issues uh, and setting up websites, whatever. India, Pakistan, wonderful. They're amazing. And they're such good people. They're so appreciative of the work. And they will spoil you rotten. That's the other thing. These people love you because you're helping them with their business. You are their client. They love you. And they want to make sure you're happy. And keep in mind, again, in the Elan system, they want to protect their feedback because that's where they get their work. So they're looking to get good feedback on the work they're doing for you. And... uh, and it's it's just it's really a, it's really win win situation all around. And I can see Desmond, we are coming up to the end here. Do you have? We maybe got time for one more real quick question, or if you have something you want to share, I do, I do. And this should be a no brainer. But can you give me maybe one or one up to three points of things I can do right away? Like literally, as soon as we get off this uh, this podcast, what can I do to get started? What are three things that myself or anyone else can get started with? Number one, go to Upwork and sign up for an account right now and fill yep. out the profile. Don't okay. just put your name and fill it out. Number two is figure out something you need to get done right now. Okay. Keep it simple on the first job. Get something You get something that, that, that you've been wanting to get done that's kind of sitting there that hasn't been done. Maybe it's a graphic you wanted or something simple. Go in and post a project. Let's, let's, let's crack the ice. So people can come in and bid, and you can kind of get your feet wet and feel it out. And then number three, once you've posted the project, take the time to go through their feedback, have a good look at it, read through it, and then hire somebody to do the actual work so you can actually experience it. And if you do run into trouble, don't sweat it. I hear too many people quit after they have one bad experience because you can have them. Uh, it's uh, in my case, it's rare because and what, usually where it goes off the rails is not properly describing what you want, and we kind of covered that. So just take the time to do that. But do that. Go sign up for you know, for Upwork, post a job, and then award it and get your first one completed and crack the ice. And 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 I bet you'll never look back. That is so cool, James. Actually, I got something really cheeky to say here. You know, with all this information you've given me, could I outsource even finding an outsource work? For myself. <laughs> <laughs> I would bet you probably could. I bet yeah. you probably could. You just got to describe exactly what you want and who you're looking for. And that's a good point. If you want a, a virtual system, which is another great place to start, clearly articulate what you want them to be able to do and then go ahead and hire them. So now I can see uh, we are flat out of time. If there's anything uh, that we mentioned uh, that you missed here today, do keep in mind we do take all the show notes for you, and you can find the notes for this particular episode at jamesmartell.com forward slash ab432. And a final reminder that if you would like to be alerted to episodes, uh, new episodes each week, I invite you to subscribe to the Affiliate Buzz by sending a blank email to affiliate underscore buzz uh, at aweber.com. That's affiliate underscore buzz at aweber.com. You may also want to check out my new book, Podcasting Essentials, uh, sorry, Outsourcing Essentials for Podcasters over at Amazon. It'll be going up live here uh, in the next day or so. So that's, uh, again, Outsourcing Essentials for Podcasters. The uh, You'll find it at amazon.com. And again, Desmond, thank you so much for joining us. And to our listeners, thanks for listening to another edition of the Affiliate Buzz. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 